When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hola, amigos. This is Ray Hudson from Bean Sports and Sirius XM FC. And you are listening to Barca Talk. Today on Barca Talk, style may be back in the FC Barcelona game, but goals are not. Valencia defeated Barca 2-0 in La Liga at the Mestalla. Kike Setien is more open with the press than Valverde was, and the team will face Leganes this week in the Copa del Rey. Hello and welcome to Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson, your host in Buffalo, New York. Joining me is my co-host and your tactical analyst from Madrid, Gabriel Quiroga. Brian, Brian, my Barca brother from another mother. How we doing, buddy? We're one weekend away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, we're one week away from the Super Bowl. That's exciting, especially for our house. We're actually going to have a party in our house since the Niners are in the bowl. Megan wanted to throw a party and I naturally supported her in that. And uh, I'm feeling okay. I'm, you know, me personally, I'm fine. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. Uh, you got a job? I did. I got a new job. I'm really excited about it. Um, going to be doing some social media here, and uh, you know, it's been a long search, but finally got that done, and had another good weekend here in Madrid, and you know, everything's everything's spry except for our beloved of FC Barcelona. We're still kind of wailing over here, you know. Yeah, not so good in the FC Barcelona camp right now. I'm starting a new job tomorrow myself, actually. Nice. We're all, we're all getting new jobs here. Yeah, I'm going to be delivering food with DoorDash. Okay. Who is not a sponsor of this program. Maybe they should DoorDash. be. DoorDash. <laughs> food dashed right to your door <laughs> by PhD holders. I'm a little bitter about it. Yeah. Well, but hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do to pay the bills, you know? Yep. Of course. Speaking of which, <laughs> actually, let me get to that in just a second. I want to let our listeners know about a programming update with the Super Bowl and with the Copa del Rey match happening on Thursday, we normally record on Thursday to cover midweek matches. We're actually going to skip our Friday episode. Uh, what we'll do is we'll break down that Thursday Copa del Rey match against Leganes on Monday's episode next week. And we're going to record that on Saturday so that we can watch the Super Bowl, each of us. And Barcelona's playing Levante on Sunday at pretty much the same time as the Super Bowl. So we're going to just push covering that off until the following Friday. So that's the programming update. No episode this Friday. We'll be back on Monday. Now, um, getting back to what I was mentioning <laughs> about jobs and doing what you got to do to pay the bills. Uh, last month, December, we made a big push for more members to support us and the growth of this show. And it more or less worked. We gained a lot more members than we ever had in a single month. And we've already seen gains in our reach 
as a result. We've been promoting the show with internet ads, and thanks to the support of our members, our new members especially, but also our longtime members, we were able to buy more advertising, and now more people are already listening to the show. We've been ranking in the top 20 soccer podcasts on Apple since we increased our advertising budget. And this is a very good development. So we just want to keep growing that advertising budget and start paying ourselves so we can put even more work into the show than we already do and eventually bring more voices and even higher quality content into this podcast. You can become a monthly contributing member on Patreon or make a one-time donation. Both of those options are on our website, and there's a link to that in the show notes. Just open up your podcast app and find that link in the details for this episode. We have goals to reach, and if we can't get close to them, we may decide to close down the show at the end of this season. We have 81 members right now, so let's set a goal. Let's get 100 members by February 1st. And one of the benefits of being a member is you get bonus content. In the last couple episodes, we've had a segment that's for members only, where we do a deep dive into some topic around the club. Today, in our members only segment, we're going to talk about three players in the first team, Ansu Fati, Nelson Semedo, and Musa Wage. To get that bonus segment, become a member. Once again, open up that podcast app and follow the link in the details for this episode. But for every listener, let's discuss Setien's post-Valencia remarks that he made on Barca TV. Um, This is actually even before he did the post-match press conference. They caught him on the way in. Uh, He said a couple of things that I want you to comment on. First of all, he said, We played really bad in the first half, to be honest, and we were slow to pick men up, allowing Valencia to hit us on the break on at least four or five times. There's plenty for us to take from the first 45 minutes, and there are things which we don't quite understand. It's possible that we haven't conveyed the concepts as clearly as possible, or things need to be understood in a different way. We fared better in the second half, but were unable to find that opening goal. If anything, Valencia probably deserved more in the first half, and we were really poor. And let me just throw one more at you. It's a short one. They asked him why de Jong's form has dropped off so dramatically, and he said... That is your opinion, but it's fair to say that his lack of understanding is throughout the team. Frankie has played in a certain way for the past few months, and now we're asking him to do something different. So apart from whatever other response you may have to that, my first question is, is this the level or type of accountability that you've been calling for for months? I mean, it's nicer, right? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was watching today, you know, his conference quotes and so forth. And yeah, he's just trying to take the responsibility and the blame off the players. I get that, you know, and, you know, he's definitely more personal and gives more insight into what he's thinking. But I mean, my biggest thing is none of the players talked after the game. The only one to talk was Ter Stegen. And that just drives me bonkers, especially after these really bad performances. Ter Stegen is the only one that's being accountable. And he was, again, the best man on the match. So <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear from him. I want to hear from Messi. I want to hear from PK. Be the leader. You are the captain. All the players yesterday, Brian, when they were leaving the stadium, they had to walk through the press zone, the mix zone. More than half of them found a back door to go straight to the bus. Well, there's always a back door. There's always a back door. You know. And they what did ha- Ter Stegen say? Basically, he just says we have to look at what we did well and what we did bad and just get better. I mean, he didn't say anything that, that was anything revealing or anything, but at least he put his face in front of the camera to just to try to answer the questions that the journalist asked him. You know, Obviously, the journalist wasn't going to ask him hard-hitting questions. But at least he put his face out there to do it. And now, you know, when, when I tell you that more than half the players escaped essentially to avoid any type of conflict or questions, that to me just drives me bonkers because I want to know. Now, I know they're not going to say anything revealing, but just put a face on this type of performance and don't hide. 
This is the same thing we're seeing on these road games. And this is going to continue. And this season again, now I told you before when Setien got hired that I had a higher rating of how we're going to do. I'm shaking my head, Brian. Yeah. It's, it's not looking Sorry, good. I should have narrated. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, looking good. He's shaking his head, people. Yeah, it's not it's not looking good, Brian. It's not looking good. Yeah. You know, I'll never I'll never fully understand your attitude about this. But it's fine. I mean, like I respect it. I respect that that's your position. But like you just said, you know that if Messi were to come out or PK were to come out and face the press, they would have said at least exactly what Ter Stegen said if not less. So what's so who cares? Because I want them to put the face when we lose and we play like crap, you know, I want mm. them just to explain themselves and get used to this. Not only talk when Messi has a hat trick. That's mm-hmm. the easy part, you know. Right. And especially with these performances by everyone, you know, we need so much help. And now with going back to De Jong, you know, he's played one and a half matches under Setien. I mean, what what are people thinking? You know. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't think he should be playing on the left on the right side. That's another thing I have a question with. Now, I think eventually he's going to be fine because he actually can run, <laughs> unlike <laughs> other players on our team right now. But, you know, Setien, yeah, he's he's going to give us more quotes and more information like this. And he's going to try to take all the, the brunt of everything and to give it off the players and say, like he said, that, you know, in that quote, essentially, he said, we didn't do a good enough job of coaching the players. I, it is very diplomatic how he put it. Yeah, and that's and this, this is the Maybe thing, Brian. Maybe we're not conveying it as well yeah. as we could. I mean, that's BS, you know, because the thing, Brian, ever since Setin took over, they've practiced every day. Yeah. And that hasn't happened under Valverde at all. Yeah. You know, with no days off, games in between, practices before the game, going over tactical strategy. And so you're seeing the two ends. Under Valverde, the most relaxed system and the way they played, and now training even more. So it's the players, man. Our players are just old. And that's just, yeah. there's no, we've been trying to it's not. Set in their ways. It's exactly. Not, it's not that their bodies are old. It's that their minds are yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way. They're set in their ways. And the thing is, we've been waiting, hoping all season that they would just wake up from this somber sleep that they're going through. And this is what it is. This is the team. And going forward, Setin's going to try to do everything. He can do triple practices. I don't care. But. This team needs a revolution. Well, I mean, we said when he was hired that it's going to be hard for any new manager to come in mid-season, no matter what club, no matter what manager, no matter what team. And then you add on to that all of these other factors, and it just makes this whole thing. It, it makes Etienne look – it makes him look bad. Definitely. And, and you do have to hand it to him for taking that on himself and taking it off of the players, even if it's the players' fault. Yeah, I mean – Again, I'm I'm happy with what he's trying to do, right? He's trying right. to implement a new system. He's trying to figure out the players, who's going to play for him and who's not, essentially. Who can play in the system, you know? And more importantly, like you said, like in the quotes, you know, he's given us more information about what he's trying to do. But again, we just have a lot of problems. A lot yeah. of problems. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to see how those problems are progressing or changing on Thursday in the round of 16 of the Copa del Rey against Leganes. This is going to be in the Camp Nou, so we have that going for us. Leganes have been in the tournament since the first round. They may be last place in La Liga, but they have worked their way in Copa del Rey through Andorra, Murcia, and Ebro to now make a big leap and face Barcelona in this round. You know, the last time these two played in the Butarque back in November in La Liga, Yusef and Nersiri scored for Leganes early on, 
but Barcelona came back in the second half with goals from Suarez and Vidal to get a 2-1 win. And I mentioned the home advantage. You know, the home advantage for Barcelona cannot be overstated. They're actually undefeated in 13 home games this year, 11 wins and two scoreless draws. In fact, they haven't lost at home since November of 2018 when Kike Setien's Real Betis beat them 4-3. That was their only home loss last year, and this year they haven't had one yet. I mean, that's a crazy run. I mean, thank God we're playing at home because at least our players are going to be a little bit more energized than normal because if it was at the Butarque, I would have been, Brian, this is a loss. You yeah. Know, because the way our players are sleepwalking, they don't care about this. They don't care about the Copa del Rey. I mean, it's blatantly obvious against the Ibiza match. You know, yeah, they, they won the match, but, man, it took every ounce of effort to get through that, and still we almost lost. So, again, I don't know if they really care about the Copa del Rey. Thank God it's at home because that gives us a better chance. Leganes is the typical park the bus team, you know. I just, I just, <laughs> I watched the highlights and I'm using quotes highlights of the Atletico Madrid Leganes 0-0 match that happened today, and <laughs> you know the goalkeeper from Leganes got ejected and all these things. I mean, Leganes does not play beautiful. They no. are a team that is just going to survive. They're going to play five back most likely, you know. And yeah. Aguirre, the the manager, has a lot of experience. He knows at Barcelona, and the whole idea is just to keep them scoreless and hope to get to penalties and hopefully a set play here or there for an opportunity and see what they can do. You know, again, this is going to be a tough match because Leganes is going to be more in it since they're really behind in La Liga, but they still have a puncher's chance in Copa del Rey. And that particular style, their park the bus style, that's one tactic that tends to work in knockout tournaments. And it also works right now against Barcelona because we never shoot the ball. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, again, I, I mean, I want to talk about this more than I think, but when, when your team only passes the ball on the ground and never shoots out the, outside the box, it's easy for any defense to defend you. Well, not easy, but easier, right? If you have five guys in the back, I mean, with no real number nine or no spacing, I mean, it's going to be the same thing we saw in Valencia. We're going to have a lot of possession with no real attacking opportunities, and hopefully Messi comes through for us. That's going to be the formula for the rest of the season. And honestly, this is going to be a really tough match because especially if Setin uses a young team that have never really played together. If he uses the same team from a visa match, then sure, we might have a better chance. But again, I flipped the coin on this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, the upside of, of their bus, Leganes's bus, mm-hmm. is that a lot of the windows are open. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're not in last place for no reason. Yeah, yeah. They get yeah. scored on. Yeah. They lose games. Uh, now, as you said, they have a puncher's chance in the Copa del Rey, so they might play a slightly more aggressive form of this. They might try and close things down more. And if Barcelona aren't taking shots from outside of the box, they're taking one more attacking threat off the table. That might make it easier for Leganes, even in the Camp Nou. But they do have windows that that open, and if we can just get a, get a ball through one or two of those, should be okay and move on. But then again, do the players even care about the Copa del Rey is a bigger question. That's the other thing. I mean, think about this, Brian. The other equalizer that's going to happen in this match is that Leganes is going to use their their best starting eleven, and yeah. we're not. I mean, that's that's the key too. So they're going to be a better team unit than us. Five in the back, maybe they're more physical than us in the midfield, especially if Puig starts. If we use uh, Junior Furpo, for example, if we use more of the reserve team, then all of a sudden Leganes are pretty almost equal, you know. And again, this is like I said, it's going to be a flip of the coin because. Our motivation for this tournament is very low, and that goes a long way. I imagine also there's going to be a low turnout in the stadium, and that also adds to the environment of 
kind of being a malaise type of game. It's going to have a, a cloud over it of <laughs> disinterest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's really get into this loss against Valencia in La Liga. This was match day 21 in the Mestalla on Saturday. You know, in the opening minutes, I was actually thinking how much I was enjoying watching Barcelona. More than I've enjoyed watching them in a couple of years. Because they have at least one component of the game that I like back. Which is a form of possession that has fewer touches, quicker passing, a little more movement. The only thing I was really curious or even worried to see was how Barca would handle Valencia's counters. And it was not great. Valencia <laughs> got a good counter on in the 10th minute. PK took down Gaia in the box, gave up a penalty. Maxi Gomez went to take, but Ter Stegen saved Barcelona's Jamon <laughs> on that one. And then he did it again in the 29th minute, making two saves in one second, and again in the 31st minute. With Setien's system, you know, we've predicted scorelines like 3-2, because it's a system that sort of trades defensive strength for attacking numbers. But I would say that with Ter Stegen in goal, we're not going to give up as many goals as, for instance, Setien's Real Betis did. I don't know what else to say is that Ter Stegen, he's the best for me. I mean, he's top two goalkeeper. You know, I would say him and Oblak for me. I would take uh, one and two, and you can argue with either one. But again, I just had a feeling he was going to save the PK. You know, he just... <laughs> He's so good, man. I just, I just can't get over. It. And basically now in this system, he's going to be playing almost as a, as a sweeper back there, as yeah. a last defender. And again, you saw right from the get-go. You know, like you said, I felt the same way. You know, I was like, okay, they're, they're not playing so slow as we usually play at four o'clock on the road, especially in this yeah. diet, you know. <laughs> but you know, it was quickly evident on the counter that to me it was going to be a long day because not only did they counter so quick. But they got a shot, a really good shot off, you know. And again, I don't know if it's just the lack of cohesion in this three-back system or just the lazy defending that we've seen all season. It doesn't matter between with Valverde's system and the four back. So again, Ter Stegen, best player for me all year, you know, from yeah. start to finish. And like I said, he's the true captain, the true voice. You know, I'm starting to think that he should just be more vocal than ever because he's the man, you know, and no one else is stepping up. So we need someone to step up. And again, his performance again, you know, if he doesn't make those saves, it's for nothing. Yeah. Let me give you some shooting stats from okay. the first half. Because in the end, the shooting stats are still not great. But if you just look at the first half, Barcelona only took three shots. Two of those were Messi's free kicks and only one was on target. Brian, this is just baffling to me because, you know, we had better possession. And again, it just goes back to the same thing is that the balance between taking chances and keeping possession, right? Now, I know playing that keeping possession like like Barcelona does is one of the most difficult things you can do in football because you can practice it, preach it. But once you're in the game to keep a 70% or above is really unheard of. It's really difficult because it doesn't matter because you're just trying to take chances and score, right? Right now, we're never taking any chances. You know, and like I said earlier, when all we're doing is passing on the ground and never taking shots off the box, you saw how packed the middle was. When was the last time we saw a good cross? Yeah, it's been at least one game. Yeah, it's like, and I know we're not the tallest, but you have to make the defense work and think. Anyone that's played knows this. You know, when you play defense, if you have to focus on crosses, low balls, runs, there's 10 different things you have to worry about. But these defenders only have to worry about two things. 
And that's just where Messi is and passing on the ground. And that to me is much easier than defending crosses, you know, because, you know, when we were down two nothing in the 80th minute, we never have desperation. We're always trying to be like, okay, we're methodical. We're systematic. We're going to try to score the goal, but that never happens. And to me, when we went down one nothing, Brian, I, I really didn't have faith that we were going to come back just because we are not aggressive. You know, we don't go after it. We don't fight. And that to me is very troubling. Now, from a tactical point of view, Jordi Alba was getting the ball a lot. He was in a lot of space, but then he, you mentioned the fact that weren't, there weren't any crosses coming in. So he's out there. He's in position to put a cross in, but there's no one to put a cross in for. That's not Jordi Alba's fault. Yeah, I mean, it's it's everyone's fault. There's no one in the box for him to cross yeah. to. I mean, I have this question for you. You know, remember how Pedro, Villa, and Messi played? Oh, yeah. Now, I wouldn't call Villa a true number nine like Suarez is, right? You no. know, he's he, Villa was definitely more fluid and so forth. But why is it that that three partnership had really good scoring output and we can't get that from whatever we have right now? And one of the things for me is twofold, is that... We don't have discipline in our space. Now, I really think that Messi has to go back to being a forward because him doing whatever the hell he wants to do now is just creating too much chaos. We depend on him way too much, and it makes it easier to defend because everyone knows that he's going to go through the middle and to the left. Now, when he was playing with Villa, he was on the right, and he would cut to the middle, but he would stop at the middle. But again, it's the spacing to spread out the defensive line. And again, Alba never looks to score. And if you know he's never looking to score, that's another thing that makes it easy for him to defend. He's always going to do that middle cross ball that drives me insane because, yeah, it, it has worked. But it has worked because we had more threats in the middle that the other teams had to cover. And now poor Griezmann is all by himself working his tail off for nothing. And Messi just keeps doing the same thing. And, he, you know, for me, I just we just need to have forwards, true forwards that are going to stay up there. If you want Messi to play make, you need to have a right forward. You need yeah. to have a left forward. You need to have discipline in the spacing because if we don't, we're going to continue to say the same thing. Yeah. And to me, it's just driving me crazy. Yeah, especially right now with how, how few forwards we have in the in the squad, right? With Suarez out, Dembele out. We still have a fair number of midfielders, at least enough midfielders where Messi is going to be most valuable as a forward. And we have, I think, enough players to play make where we don't have to count on him for that. So he could stay further up and be a true forward. I mean, Brian, when was the last time we were down and you really had severe faith that we were going to come back? I mean, you know, we never throw the kitchen sink out there. You know, we're always trying to do 30 passes to get one great shot as opposed to just getting six crazy shots and maybe hopefully get a goal. We never have Vidal's that. a little kitchen sinkish. Oh, yeah, he is. He is. He's like a one man kitchen sink. <laughs> but I'm just talking like the whole team, you know, especially in this in the last 10 minutes. We never even crossed the ball. We never even tried to do other runs, shoot outside the box. I mean, our tour had a clear, oh my God. I, I even tweeted this. I tweeted, shoot the glass. You know, it's like, <laughs> it, we, again, Brian, when you're on top of the box, that is a great distance for an accurate and powerful shot on goal, you know, and he was wide open and then he passed it off. I couldn't believe it. You know, just put a shot on. And again, Brian, this, this, this problem goes deep. It, it really starts with messy because if you want Messi to play make, as I've always been saying for the last six months, you have to have someone as a forward on top. You cannot have Messi void that because then all of a sudden the defense can just focus on him. And yes, he still has brilliant days, but there's going to be more days like this going forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and speaking of the problems, 
they really started hitting home in the second half. You know, the the chickens came home to roost, Mm -hmm. or the bats came home to roost (laughs) in the second half, because in the 48th minute, Maxi Gomez shoots, it goes in off a deflection off Jordi Alba, and Jordi Alba actually got the own goal credit on that, and it was Valencia 1, Barcelona 0. What happened on that play? See, Alba scores. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we just need to work that into the other goal. I mean, again, it's it's the same thing. It's just lack of running back on defense. Alba was late on rotation, and you know because he was late, he deflected the ball in. And again, it's 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 not just Alba's fault. It's the whole team. It's not taking. You know, Valencia was never scared of us in this match. They they said you can have the ball because we know you're going to go side to side. You make a mistake, we're going A to B, taking a shot and taking our chances, and that's exactly what happened. Again, our Busquets, Alba on that play had a poor rotation. Maxi Gomez had enough room to shoot, deflected. Ter Stegen couldn't do anything with it. Yeah, and Valencia knew that Barca would be playing with a three-back high-line system, and they would have plenty of room for counters. Exactly, and this goes down to the Alba situation. You know, he is not the squirrel like he used to be. And nope. and you know, how many times do you see him walk? How many it's more times? Like a possum do- now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many times do you see him walk? How many times now he's really not doing those attacking runs, those attacking passes like he used to? He's just walking through the park. He makes a couple of plays, passes it off to Griezmann, passes it back. I mean, he's he doesn't have that connection anymore. And I don't know if that's just always because of the formation now that he doesn't play with Dembele or Neymar anymore. But we knew Alba was never a defensive sergeant back there. But now he's just being exposed more and more. So what did you think of Vidal coming in for Arthur in the 56th minute? I mean, this is part of the problem that we need Vidal to shake things up. And again, this goes down to the whole bench. You know, in this match, Brian, we went with a midfield that we thought was our best and creative in possession. And when it wasn't working, you look to the bench and it's, we have Vidal, we have Rakitic. <laughs> and I know those aren't the solutions, you know? And just right. like you said... Well, to be fair, we- they are the best at possession. What they weren't getting done was the through balls was yes, the playmaking. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They were possessing it just fine. Yeah. And again, when you look on the bench, you know, you have Vidal and Rakitic and those guys are not electric. You know, you don't have the spark plug on there to give you that extra boost. And yes, Vidal goes forward and he does, like you said, he's more kitchen sink than any other player we have, but no one's giving him service. And he did have some really good link up play with Messi. But again, it's the same thing. I mean, you watch the replay about Messi and Vidal. They're the only ones playing against five guys so yes they were able to get the one-two touch but they never could get the shot off right right because it's hard to play two two v5 exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) take it from me yeah 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 (laughs) and then valencia broke through again in the 77th minute this time maxi gomez with the goal to make it two nothing sergio roberto got drawn to one side by a run from i forget the player but that left gomez just this mile of space to run into, and he got off the shot. I mean, it was a clean shot, straight on Ter Stegen. Yeah, I mean, he took space and time and made a really nice finish. Again, it's the same idea. It's, you know, imagine if we have Semedo running back. Does he make, a you know, does he close on that better than Sergio Roberto? I'm starting to think more and more that Sergio Roberto would benefit in this system as a midfielder more than as a wing back, because I just think his movement and possession would benefit, and then we have the speed of Semedo or Wagner, you know. Amen. Again, yeah. And the other thing too, you know, it on that right side, we just have so many problems, you know, especially with the Fati connection that was basically non-existent when he had the ball, he was isolated. 
You know, he's trying to give the ball to Messi all the time. And again, everyone's just trying to give Messi the ball. But on this play, you know, you have to credit Valencia. Again, Valencia was not scared of our attack at all. They knew to exploit the holes on Alba and Sergio Roberto. And they every time, every time they had a counter, you were just holding your breath because you're like, oh, man, someone's going to screw up or they're going to get a really nice shot. And on this one, Gomez was calm and he just collected himself, far post, done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they had a great game plan. They executed it well. Valencia were very good in this game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, so it they, wasn't just Barcelona's failings. Yeah, Even yeah. Even against a better Barcelona, this would have been a tough match. Again, we were talking before in the previous episode how I was telling you that Valencia hadn't been playing that strong lately. But again, you know, playing at home, that home cooking, you know, knowing that Barcelona are not going to fight after their 1 0 down goes a long way. And, you know, they dominated us. I mean, especially. You know, the way they, you know, and I know we had more possession, but I'm just saying strictly on just shots, right? They were the more dangerous team. And like I said, they could have won 4 nothing if it weren't for Ter Stegen. Exactly. And except for Vidal, we didn't have anyone on the bench who would make a real impact on the game. Case in point, 85th minute, Setien makes two changes, Rakitic and Collado on for De Jong and Fati. Yeah. Again, I mean, I, that was just to give De Jong yeah. and Fatih five minutes of rest. That's why, you know, in the EPL, for example, when there's the last five minutes, there's just so much chaos because they throw the kitchen sink. And the whole time we just didn't do anything. You know, I after two nothing, I said, this is over. I, I basically oh, yeah. took a nap, you know, because, again, if they're not going to fight, no one's fighting. You know, again, it's the same thing as we've seen in all previous big road losses like this. We go down, we sulk, we walk around, we give the ball to Messi, hope for him to do a free kick. And then when that doesn't happen, we just say, well, we tried. I mean, we we had 75% possession. I mean, we tried. Yeah. And they never tried. You know, we never took a chance up the middle. And it goes, it goes again, Brian, tactically, we don't have space and discipline. I mean, to watch them play, there was some trying. Mm-hmm. You have to give it to them for trying some, but they mm-hmm. didn't try enough. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't I, hard enough. For I want to, yeah, the I level wanna, that we expect them to be at. Yeah, and I think it just goes down to two people right now. Uh, I'll, for me, Umtiti, they had film on him today where he is just pointing at players to come to the ball, and no one is responding. You know, and that to me is really worrying because, you know, he's trying to direct people to come at like Alba and so forth, and they're just walking. You know, mm. and the other, you know, I hate to do this right now. You know, Messi, man, he needs to run on defense. And it's it's an epidemic right now on our team, because since Messi is not putting that effort to defend, we are one man down. And poor Griezmann. You, I mean, Griezmann has been really awesome for us. And I really wanted to see score more goals. But he as the forward is really putting the most effort in defending and tracking back. And you watch it. I mean, you watch the highlights, whatever. Messi just walks. You know, and I understand, Brian, I understand that he's older and so forth, but just a jog, just <laughs> pretend to like go over to the right that you're going over there, especially in this match. This is Valencia at the Mestalla. This is not Leganes on a Wednesday night. And I understand that. But when these big road games, especially when we're in a tight La Liga race, we need effort from everyone and we're still not getting it. And like you said in the beginning of the show, the players are still running the show. And that's why we need to go youth. And we just need a clean house, essentially, because... Unfortunately, this team is at the end of their run, and these guys are just they're just old, and they're just set in their ways, and they don't want to change. Yeah, the Messi effect is not always good. 
Yeah. That's unfortunate because, again, he just he wants the ball, and I get that. But, you know, I was watching highlights of Messi with Villa and Pedro, and he has that discipline as the right forward. And by doing that, you just spread the defense. Now, you know, the only fight that happened, Brian. There was a fight, yes. There was a fight, yeah. There was one <laughs> fight, and we did okay, you know. We're the ultras of Barca against Valencia. But that was the only fight that happened on yesterday in, in Valencia. So... Again, it's going I'm, to be I am this... on the side of neither of those groups. Yes, so. I know. I know. I know. But again, it's this idea that when we go down, we have no answers and we have no response. And it's the same thing. Now, I'm glad we have a new coach. But going forward, Brian, I just don't have faith we're going to do anything. Madrid is playing really strong. We cannot lose these matches and not show up in a really tight La Liga race. Yeah, well, we're going to come back next Monday and we're going to talk about what happened in the Copa del Rey and we'll have an update on Barca B as well next Monday. Barca Talk is a production of Sounded Media, written by Gabriel Quiroga and Brian Henderson, produced by Brian Henderson, social media and promotion by Two Point Go. Until next time, Pisca Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.